veganism in many ways, especially to a lot of the people outside of the vegan world, it feels like this exclusive club, right? And if you are not perfect, you don't belong, you don't get to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not, again, the perfect vegan, then you don't get to be part of this club, which is the part, um, which is where I'm starting to like rally against that whole mindset because um, I feel like we need a lot less perfect vegans and a lot more people willing to um, make changes towards a plant-based lifestyle and reducing consumption on certain, not just animal products, but even wasteful, harmful products to our environment. So if, if, if it didn't seem like this exclusive club, I feel like way more people would be willing to try it out. Mm-hmm. and make changes. I'm Charmant. I'm Katie. And this is Unpacking Ethical. A podcast where we sip our favorite drinks at the moment. And talk about some things. Because there's nothing ethical about upholding the status quo. Let's talk about it. This week on Unpacking Ethical. Today, we are going to be talking with Naomi from Rooted Vegan Cuisine about all the ways that veganism intersects with sustainable and ethical business practices. So come join us as we unpack veganism. How's everybody doing? Fantastic. Hey. Hey. Okay. What y'all drinking? Shall I start? Go ahead. Okay, so I have some hibiscus tea. Yum. Cold brew with my little Naomi glass. With the I was looking at that. I was like, look at you. I know. So what y'all got? What you got over there, Katie? So I didn't want to like show off, but I was pouring earlier so Sherman could see me. <laughs> look at this. It's so delicious. This is tea. From Brooklyn Tea. It's a black owned tea company based in Brooklyn. And I'm drinking Relax, Relate, Release, um, a soothing anti stress tea um, of chamomile and lemongrass and other things. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. I'm, fa- I'm a little fancy today. I'm not, you know, let me stunt a little bit with my kettle. <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm like, I, I see the kettle. I'm like, let me up you just a bit. Oh, what you just- got? <laughs> Oh, pinkies up. Me and my little champagne glass. There ain't nothing really good. It's pomegranate juice with some um, sparkling water. It looks good. Don't let, don't let nobody tell you that's not fancy. That's very fancy. We going okay. fancy today. Mm-hmm. I was needing a little, a little boost. <laughs> I'm feeling extra fancy these days. I, um, I don't, I don't know what it is because. I'm, I don't know. For, I'm, on one side, I'm like having issues with the, like the luxury industry. Mm, mm-hmm. But then at the other time, I'm like, I want to dress up and be fancy. Can I read something to y'all that I read earlier this week? Mm-hmm. I can find it. It was so good. And you probably saw it in my stories, Naomi. Um, but it was a, a Black woman who was talking about spoiling herself and why she does it not that we ever have to explain that but it's just like everywhere you go you're expected to work 
10 times harder. You got to fix things. You right. got to address things. And it's so hard to just exist yeah. that she says when she can, she repairs herself yeah. by spoiling herself. And so Sharmon, whatever you got to do, you do it. I like it. I couldn't find the, the tweets or the posts. So I, my phone is still loaded. I'm going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's normalize Black people resting and Black people resting in luxury. <laughs> yes. Yes. So today, today, y'all, today we are talking about veganism. Yes. So Naomi, I want to know how you got into that. Like, what was your road, your little, your journey there? Uh, my journey started with thinking about my health. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm so bad at like spacing events in the timeline, but it's been roughly eight to nine again, it could be anywhere seven to nine. It could be anywhere seven to nine. I don't yeah. know. Um, I have to go back and look at some old pictures or something, but, um, but my husband and I, I do know that it was very shortly after a new year because we were hung over from celebrating new years. And I think we popped on a documentary. Um, and it was like talking about how much damage we are doing to our bodies and how we can repair it with a lot more plants basically mm. like getting the high um the highly nutritious mineral rich vitamins that we get from our plants right and at the time we're watching this we're literally like struggling from a hangover so it, it's like hitting us hard like what are we doing to ourselves oh this is horrible and within a couple of days I had decided we were, well, and almost immediately I was like, we're doing a juice cleanse and we're gonna start eating plant-based foods. So I went and like bought a ton of groceries, like all plants, all fresh uh, produce. And we started juicing for like, as like a bit of a detox. And then we transitioned to plant-based meals. And, uh, it was cool. It was hard at first. It was hard because um, you're missing all of these convenient foods and these dishes that you're just really, really used to. And at the time, I had to really learn how to um, cook that in a way that still satisfied us. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's where my road to veganism started, but it definitely started plant-based. I was yeah. not thinking about anything else other than our health. Yeah. And you know, and it's, I want to kind of touch on that because I feel like there is a difference in these things. Like veganism, um, I guess, and vegan has just, you know, become this term. And I feel like there's a difference in the, I don't want to say movements, but lifestyles, almost in a sense, versus like veganism and then just plant-based. Well, like, that's what I say. Plant-based is a diet. Veganism right. is a lifestyle. Yeah. That's the really the big difference. Mm -hmm. Good thing you pointed that out. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's, you know, these terminologies that we talk about, and I felt, felt like it was just important to touch on that. So like... Uh, the process of leading up, like I, I didn't really label myself as a vegan until 
year and a half ago, you know, even though prior to me calling myself a vegan at that point, I had basically started living the whole lifestyle. I just never felt like I was vegan enough to claim it mm-hmm. because veganism in many ways, especially to a lot of the people outside of the vegan world, it feels like this exclusive club, right? And if you're not perfect, you don't belong, you don't get to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're not, again, the perfect vegan, then you don't get to be part of this club, which is the part, um, which is where I'm starting to like rally against that whole mindset. Because um, I feel like we need a lot less perfect vegans and a lot more people willing to um, make changes towards a plant-based lifestyle and reducing consumption on certain, not just animal products, but even wasteful, harmful products to our environment. So if, if, if it didn't seem like this exclusive club, I feel like way more people would be willing to try it out Mm -hmm. and make changes personally. No, I think so too. And I think like <clears throat> my issue, because I, I started on a, a, you know, a similar kind of path, but, you know, eight years ago, I think now almost nine years ago, um, is that it has become something that's been very white centered and whitewashed mm-hmm. and that exclusivity and elitism is, it's hard to ignore because it's white centered and whitewashed. Mm-hmm. Because the reality of it is, is that the people who kind of were most visible and loudest in talking about plant-based, plant-based diet and veganism, both, um, are white people. Um, and they get to define what's healthy and what's not. Right. When in actuality, what I have recently, maybe a year or two ago, started to like really sit with and process was that so many ethnic foods are actually plant-centered and plant-based but it's european food that's heavily (laughs) meat-based that's just the reality have you seen what they eat in like england (laughs) german germany like it's the amount of dairy the the amount of dairy the amount of sausage (laughs) look dairy is definitely like a eurocentric thing it definitely is like 70% of the world is lactose intolerant. That is, that's all them. (laughs) Yeah. So I think when I think about these things too, like there have, there are people like black communities and black people who have been, you know, focusing on making sure they have mostly plants. And for a while, like, even when I think about like my great grandmother and stuff, that was how they ate because that was what was most accessible. Mm -hmm. It was just easier for them to go to the garden or even go to a local farmer's market, which now is also inaccessible because the prices are so damn high, but it was easier for them to eat that way because it was cheaper and affordable and what they had access to. So the, the kind of narrative that I have a problem with is like criticizing people who aren't, cause I, I was a part of it too. So I'm not going to pretend like I've always had this, this mindset, but I'm, I'm grateful to be here now that I think this way is the criticism that often black folks and other, you know, indigenous folks and stuff is that what we do, what we eat is not enough. It's not healthy enough. And that's just completely untrue. Um, and also not to mention that only in this country, but even in this country, there are still food deserts that exist where people still don't have 
necessarily access to all those foods we're supposed to be eating. That's an issue that veganism doesn't even attempt to address. Um, and so like, I think there's also a racial component to, to plant eating plant-based or eating clean, which has become something that is really quite disgusting to even label something like that, that I didn't think pay attention to before. And so that's just what I've been thinking about. Um, you know, not to criticize, cause I still am very much, you know, Naomi, I, I do consider myself a vegan, but yeah. it's difficult to align myself with those people <laughs> but our community's here too you know what I mean and we're yeah. we're repping it strong now we're finding um it, you know they we're finding I don't know I'm I'm I still consider myself proud to be vegan because outside of all of that it just very much aligns with all of my beliefs and all of my I, I guess mm-hmm the broader parts of it if we're not down into all the different variations right Right. and and my personal definition of veganism human rights is a huge part of that right like when I first started learning about veganism it was like oh there's three reasons to be vegan for your health for the your animals and for the environment Mm -hmm. you know for the people is huge for me as well right so it's just like, I, I am vegan for all of these reasons. And there's so many different um, things that play in regards to that. So for me, labeling myself as a vegan, the way I identify my veganism is something I'm so, I'm so proud of. Yeah. I'm yeah, so definitely. I like, I like telling everybody I'm proud of it. And I'm, um, you know, excited to tell people why in hopes that they can pick up a little tidbit and a nugget here. And I will say that I credit you, Katie, for gosh, how long ago was that first conversation that I had with you? Oh, um, that was probably a year ago, right? And a while now, because um, you were one of the reasons why I stopped. um, I wanted to open up veganism more to the masses, in a sense. Like I was, at that time, I still was very much like, you have to be way I don't want to use the word perfect but you do have to be way more um committed to mm-hmm. be vegan, right That's right so I remember I think um I think when I asked you guys about the ethical network of San Antonio like what is it about what you know and I can't remember I was like so everything's vegan and you were like um majority we still do like little things here and there but then it was you talking to me and saying you know like you don't have to be perfect to make all of these great changes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's resonated with me in this era in this area and so many other areas as well across mm-hmm. my life. So I'm just like, yeah, like ease up, <laughs> like yeah. do your best yeah. and then know that uh, there's always more you can do down the road, but doing your best at this moment, giving yourself freedom and allowing yourself not to be weighed down by being a perfectionist in this area is what makes it easier for me. I love that. That's beautiful. I was thinking, cause I'm not a vegan. I don't identify as a vegan, but I mean, at the same time, I think because the vegan community tends to be associated with that, um, you know, like the not eating, I don't, I guess, 
everything, not that it doesn't align with what I believe because my clothing line is, and that's right. a conscious choice that I've made not to right. use any type of animal products within my clothing line. Right. But I myself, I guess, I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's a political statement, but I feel like it is like this statement to be vegan and I don't eat meat and I can't eat dairy because I'm allergic to it. Not even lactose intolerant, like I'm actually allergic. Right. So my diet is, you know, primarily plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I never considered myself one because I'm like, I don't eat it because I don't like it. With the animals and the environment or even your health, it's just, yeah. I just don't like it. So I just kind of am vegan by accident. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I need a new Instagram thing that's like accidental vegan. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's a huge term actually because when you go when we're all looking for stuff in the grocery stores, you know, there's like a whole thing called this accidentally vegan, which is products that are not trying to be vegan, okay. but they just happen to be vegan. So for example, Oreos would be an accidentally vegan product. They're mm-hmm. not going into it thinking we're gonna make this vegan, but it's definitely an accidentally vegan problem. So, hey, if the if the at isn't already taken, go snatch that up because <laughs> will grow quickly. You should do it. And I think, and I also think, Shaman, too, like, I've seen you eat, like, you actually do eat a lot of, like, fruits and vegetables. Like, that's, you, yeah. that's, that's really it. what you eat. Like, the other thing about vegan food, specifically something labeled under vegan, is that it doesn't necessarily mean that it's of optimum health for your body like it's like and that's that's what I think about when I think about plant-based versus vegan vegan food like Mm -hmm. I am one who will be in here just eating all the vegan junk food I possibly can and it doesn't mean that it's any healthier and I had fallen into that we all fall into those kind of like we want comfort things that make us feel good chocolates whatever it may be and I'm all for making sure that I get those when I, when I want them. Yeah. I don't like shame myself. I'm not going to do that, but it is a difference in like being intentional with how you eat and making sure that you're incorporating these plants that, you know, provide all the nutrients and things that you want for your body versus I'm vegan because it's a thing and you're in here eating junk food all the time, (laughs) but you, but you get to posture like you're healthier than everybody else because you, you operate under veganism. Like that's not cool. It's not the same, like, and if, you know, it just feels very elitist, you know, at times it can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And just when you think you've got it all figured out, you realize there's still so much more for you to learn. Mm -hmm. So much. Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, ah, I've got this. I know how to do this. I'm reading labels. I've got this all down. Somebody's like, yeah, but you're eating palm oil. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say that. We used to talk about the like, palm oil like, thing. I cannot win. I cannot win. It's funny because my sister and I had been going back and forth. We both watched the um, the fish documentary. What what the sea new sea one? Sea. What is Sea Spiracy? Yes, Sea Spiracy. And so, and then she was telling me about another one, and I can't even remember what the name of that one was. But I was like, we can't get anything right. Like we can't do anything right. And I think. Part of it is just, you know, the system of capitalism that we're living under. Mm-hmm. And then two is just overproduction and overconsumption. I'm like, okay, uh, let me tell the people here. Y'all are going to hear me say this half a million times throughout these podcasts. It's a volume issue. We just do too. We always, why are we so extra? Like, it's just too much. Capitalism. It's it's crazy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, because, because you know, we think about palm oil and, you know, them, you know, stripping 
the rainforest for that. You think about almonds and the drought that it's causing in California. Cashews got have like, you know, ethical labor issues as well. Mm -hmm. And the list goes just on and on. And it's like on and on. And on. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it so, does. And then I was like thinking about this because I switched um I've been switching out some of my um, products at home, like my toilet paper, my paper towels, a lot of my paper products, I'm trying to switch to bamboo. Mm. And so my mind just starts to wander and wander. And while, yes, if we could get everyone to stop using traditional woods and start using bamboo, like we're gonna have a great, great impact on, on our environment, right? Like, because bamboo is so much more sustainable. But like, what if, what if we did switch to all bamboo and now all of our paper products are coming from bamboo? Are they going to have to still cut down some acres to build more bamboo? Yeah. Uh, what do you call them? It's not a park, but more bamboo farms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and I know that, I know that that still helps, you know what I mean? Because the bamboo regenerates and it grows so much faster. And so it's still better, but at the same time, like eventually there, somebody's going to be screaming that all this bamboo use is causing issues somewhere. Some, mm -hmm. Somehow the increase of bamboo products is going to start causing a problem in some way. And it's like everywhere we go, that's probably going to end up being the case. Mm -hmm. And it, it is going to be the case because I think, you know, when we do, even regardless of the fact that bamboo is, you know, grows faster and is more sustainable in that manner, when we cut down trees, we're destroying ecosystems and environments mm -hmm. and yeah. animals' homes. And, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're messing that up. No, we, and that's when I, when y'all were both talking about it, I started thinking about like, what is the intent behind making the choices? And not necessarily for us as consumers or individuals, but what is the intent behind the companies? Because at the, at the end of the day, they're still considering their bottom line. Right. So they're not necessarily thinking about, okay, we're giving people a better product and also something that could help offset the negative effect impact on the environment. They're thinking about, okay, they're screaming for sustainable products. So let's give them this. And it's still not quite what it should be. So if the intent behind our actions isn't to do better for our neighbors, for our communities, for the animals, for this planet that belongs to us, then what is the point? We're just yeah. continuing the cycle. That This is why I'm so glad to know both of y'all and be connected with the Ethical Network of San Antonio because whoo, the conversations that go on in my head as a business owner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for y'all that might be watching this that don't know who I am, um, I don't even know if I introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> but my name is Naomi and I'm the owner and head chef of Rooted Vegan Cuisine. So I cook vegan food and um, really good vegan food. So good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, y'all. I have a big announcement. I'll do this first and then I'll tell y'all all about because it's it very much plays into what I'm about to go into. But I've been renting commercial kitchen space from other amazing woman owned vegan businesses in the area. But I just got the keys to my very own kitchen like a couple days ago. Nice. Oh, it's such a whirlwind. It's so, so super exciting. Um, but I'm having to think about so much more now, obviously, that I'm going to be running my own kitchen, right? Right. Um, but so many of the things are like that I'm so conflicted with, especially since my business is still so new and so small, is 
how am I going to proceed in an ethical fashion? And then how, how do I toe this line of being as ethical as absolutely possible? This sounds so bad because how could you like not be ethical in any way? But I guess I'll give you some examples, right? Like, um, how do I, how do I do everything that I want to do? I want to, I want to be known for being like so amazing mm -hmm. to my employees. I want to um, have the lowest carbon footprint coming out of my business. Mm -hmm. um, I want to obviously grow and, and, and encourage more people to, to try vegan food and buy more vegan food on a regular basis. Um, and then like all of these um, challenges that are costly to overcome start to appear. Yeah. So, for example, one of the things that I absolutely hate that I'm currently doing in my business is using basically single use plastics to wrap up all of my soups and stuff. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. um, as I grow, I hope that I'm able to have access to more sustainable options, but right now it's just not possible. I sat and researched and did so, like tried to figure out all the different ways I could make this happen. And, and in order for me to get this food to the people, that was my option right now, but it's not something I'm not thinking about. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to hire, I'm going to work with this company. That's a local company called compost Queens. And I am mm -hmm. so excited to compost all the, all the food scraps coming out of my kitchen are not going to a landfill. They are going to go into a compost, right? Mm -hmm. Um, my building doesn't even have a recycle bin, but I'm bringing in a freaking recycle bin. Cause I absolutely refuse. Mm -hmm. right? so these are all things that I can do that. I'm like, yay, good for you. Pat on the back. Right. <laughs> like, but I can't afford to offer my employees healthcare right now. Mm -hmm. I can't even, I am, I am like the person that's like, there's no ethical billionaires, yeah. right? There's zero, there's zero ethical billionaires. Um, how do I be very comfortable growing my business, doing things that don't make me feel perfectly comfortable, like using single use plastics and still feel comfortable earning money, putting money in my savings, saving for my kids' college, taking a nice vacation every now and then when I feel like there's more I should be doing. So y'all tell me, figure out all the answers for me. Ethical okay. I'm gonna tell you exactly what this is because <laughs> this, is, this is kind of, I think this happens with any sustainable or ethical business. Uh, the answer is you can't, you cannot do it all, <laughs> you can't. What you do is you choose like two to three things that are super important to you. And those are the things that you focus on mm -hmm. because it is absolutely impossible to be perfect. It's, it's impossible to have zero impact. I mean, we can be carbon neutral, but carbon neutral doesn't mean zero impact. It does it, not mean that. You're right about that. So, um, so yeah, so the answer is you can't and you pick the two to three things that you can do and that you that are most important to you and you focus on that and you get good at that and you do that to the best of your ability um, until you are in a position to add like a fourth thing or, mm -hmm. you know, or a fifth thing. And, and that, that's how you make it work. <laughs> that's great advice, Sherman. I think we all kind of, yeah, it is. It's, it's the thing of like, when you're starting out and you, your mind is going a hundred percent like a hundred miles an hour that you have to get everything. But I can tell you that I'm in a place where I feel zero guilt about what I do. 
um, and how I go about it. I don't feel guilty ever because if what you're doing and the intent behind it is bigger than all of those small little technicality things, then you're winning, especially I'm, I'm critical of us as black women specifically taking on that shame on Uh top of everything else right like how often are we expected to you know be the ones to fix things and make things better and we simply cannot and so I always ask the question like me and Charmaine you remember last year I, I kind of started to reflect on this more publicly within the ESJ community where I was like I'm doing all these things but am I sustaining myself and how am I sustaining my community Yes, I'm using, you know, this, this product and that product, but what in the end, what am I doing for my community? And that, you know, for me would be the thing that I would kind of cling to of everything else. Cause you, you simply can't, there will always be something that we can't do right. Uh, I can't do enough of, and the reality of it is, is that if you're not sustaining yourself, then you're not sustaining anything. And there's no planet without the people. And so that's what I think about. I know it's not probably not helpful because I didn't give you exact tips. No, no, but. that's exactly what I needed to hear because it's almost like sometimes, and I need to get better at this, but it's like I almost need permission sometimes. Like it's okay to not be perfect. It's mm-hmm. okay. And so hearing you, it's like I already knew that, but hearing you say it helps me put it into place. So right now I'm about to leave this conversation when we're done. No rush. <laughs> But I'm going to leave this conversation and go and write down, you know, what are my top priorities within this company? You know what I'm saying? Um, And, you know, one of the ones that's super important to me that I don't think a lot of other, um, well, maybe they are, but they're not putting it out there. But like, I just really, really, really want the people that work with me and for me to be so comfortable working in this company. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying so I, I already know that employee rights are super important to me. And that's yeah. gonna be something that I'm investing in. Yeah. Right. So and, and along with a whole a, a, some other things too, of course. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's not the thing people think of when they think about building their business. Right. I, no, like, it's not. Because that's not making, I mean, it, essentially to me. I feel like it's making me money because happy employees are going to do a much better job. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I just, I'm just so disgusted with how businesses overall are treating their employees overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Conventional business practice does not consider ethics in how we treat our employees as a priority for, especially because of the bottom line, they, which for you, like what you said, it would make more sense that happy, happy, um, healthy, you know, productive employees would be the goal. So I think that building a safe space for people to come and work in a place that they love is huge. I always tell them that I'm like, I don't, I expect everybody to say like, I would much rather be off doing a hobby that I enjoy right now, but you should never be like, I hate going to work. Right. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, I need you to have a smile on your face and be happy to be here. But I also don't want you to be like, oh my, I hate going into this place. I hate this environment. I hate these people. I hate this building. I don't want to be here, but it's my only choice Mm -hmm. or it's the best of my choices. I want people to walk away and say, yeah, my job's pretty cool. I get to do this. I get to do that. I love what's, what's happening here. I love them. You know, like, yeah. And I'm like, and I, I love that because 
I think it goes to just talk about one of the things that we want to do within this podcast is help people recognize that all of these spaces all connect with each other mm-hmm. like we talk about intersections like they intersect in these small little ways but in reality it's all one big bubble mm-hmm. and they all exist together and you can't have one without the other you can't, you really can't. have veganism without you know happy people mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't have veganism without you know protecting animals and the environment you can't right. you know you can't think about um making you know, perfection in one space while ignoring this other one. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's just so important. So I love that you're doing that. I, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that was it. I'm good. That's it. Okay. I, yeah, I don't have anything. I was just, I think that like giving ourselves, showing ourselves, showing ourselves grace in the fact that we are not falling into the trap of following conventional business practices is huge. That's resistance to me. Yeah. Huge resistance. Mm -hmm. And and it's something that, um, honestly, internally, it's a struggle that I have to fight with my husband because I'm like constantly like, he's the money man, Mm -hmm. right? Right. He's the one fine, like going over all the numbers and everything. And I'm like, listen, the entire, since your existence here on earth, you have been told that we cannot treat um, our employees this way and still be successful. And we're going to show that that's not possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, we are going to show that it is possible. Right. right. And we're going to look to the examples that are happening right now of, comp- of employees that are just have a good, um, a good, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they're just known for having happy employees. So like off the top of your head, name a company that you know people are like dying to go work for them. <laughs> I'm gonna throw out a couple. Like every from what I've heard, everybody wants to go get a job at um at like say Bucky's. Hmm. I don't know if y'all have ever heard. I've but never heard that. Like <laughs> Bucky's employees, like they're all like happy with their jobs. I just from like their postings and stuff, it's like they have high wages, mm-hmm. work hours. Um, Costco, I've always heard really good things. I have heard, I have heard good things about Costco. Right. Um, when I was growing up in St. Louis, like Anheuser Busch was the place to work. Mm. If you work for Anheuser-Busch, everybody was like, you're straight. You're a happy employee. They take care of their employees. And I personally worked for them and was a very happy employee, you know, and it wasn't just the money. I was so crazy impressed by the amount of education they gave me. Mm. Education that didn't seem to help them so much as more as it helped me. Like mm-hmm. I was already hired into the job and they were putting me through courses on how to interview and how to update my resume. No, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it seemed like that was now it, of course it helped me move up in Anheuser-Busch by having those additional skills. But obviously I was able to take those with me and go get other jobs. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I, I am pulling from all my past work experiences as an employee and saying, what were the awesome things that my companies did throughout my work history that I definitely want to be continuing on or offering up? And then what were some of the worst things that I just don't ever want to be known for? I don't want an employee to leave and say, that was why I left, or this mm-hmm. is so frustrating and why I, I couldn't stay here. Right. And, and so 
And then like also from an outside perspective, um, the other challenge is like most people don't think like business owners. So when you say things like just figure out what's important for you and figure out how to do those things to the best of your ability, I, get, I, I sigh so heavy sometimes when I'm reading these reviews online, especially in regards to employees um, being upset with their employers about certain things. And I can see the difference between a business might be doing that because they will literally shut their doors if they, if they were to change this policy. And I've personally been in that situation in a previous business that my husband and I owned. Um, and, and so it's hard to express those things to the general public or even like, um, people that are more like more often, um, thinking like employees. Um, so I, when I think about that, um, I, I talk to my employees and I say, you know, even if you have a problem or a concern and you come to me and, and I can't fix it for whatever reason, like I hope that I'm able to explain it to you from the perspective of an owner to where you at least understand why it's happening. And hopefully we can work towards changing that as, as we grow and evolve and, and move forward. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I like, I like that, that too. Um, because employee in, engagement. And, and communication is not just for you and your partner. Communication is for you and your friends. Communication is for you and your employees. Mm -hmm. And even on a, on a very personal level, like I have been so open and honest about like my anxiety and my mental health struggles with my employees. And that has allowed them to say, whoa, I'm having the same issues. I'm having the same thing. So like I'm working with the two employees that I have right now to say, how are we going to make this a soothing, comfortable environment, a mm -hmm. space that, that feels like you can breathe in it. Yeah. It's exciting because I'm including them in on the process of how can we make this a soothing environment and we're picking paint colors together and, oh, nice. you know, um, uh, for no, like I'm, I'm creating like special spaces just for them to have a break and relax, nice. you know, and there's mm -hmm. like one little cubby that's just this cute little cubby and all of our windows are mirrored so people can't see in, but we can see out mm. and we're creating this like little I don't know. It almost feels like a little safe space in this like mirrored out window cubby. And my employee recommended that we put a curtain. So like if they want to take a break and close it off that they can't even see the kitchen. And I'm like, I love this. I wouldn't mm -hmm. have thought of that. But she's like, if I just need to like kind of shut myself off from the whole kitchen, this is the perfect place for me to do it. And I'm just like, yes, yes, I love this. Like, let's keep going. Oh, the bathroom, which has... <laughs> zero to do with me making money I'm spending so much money making this like the best girl bathroom ever I'm like we gonna have baby wipes we gonna have incense it's gonna have all the uh, everything you would want in a in a bathroom like all the extra sanitary napkins like just so that we can be comfortable there we're basically going to be living there I like yeah, it I love that's it. amazing it is. I wish more people thought like that. I wish that I had worked at spaces because it wasn't. And also like when you were talking, I was thinking like it wasn't always like just the the physical environment for me. Like you 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 reminded me when you're talking about the paint, like some of the places where I worked, it's like they hate us here. Look at how they painted. The, look at the art that they put up. Even your lighting. 
Oh yeah. It's all fluorescent lighting throughout this entire kitchen. I'm, I'm acting like I'm in the kitchen right now, mm-hmm. but it's all fluorescent lighting. And I just got done last night reading a whole article about how horrible fluorescent lighting is on your mental health. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, we got to do something about this. I already looked up and found that there's like these covers you can put over the fluorescent lighting where you're still getting the light, but it's eliminating. So there's like a uh, flashing of the lights that you just, you can't see, but it affects your brain. You know what I mean? It affects you and creates a lot of anxiety. And, and so I'm going to put those up all throughout the kitchen. You know what I mean? Just little things, little things that definitely don't, are not like bottom line, like how am I going to make the most out of this food? <laughs> you know, right. but that's important. And more companies need to do this period always around. And, and a lot of the things that I'm doing, people are thinking about office spaces, but no, this is a commercial kitchen. You know, these people, these service workers, the people in the kitchen, highly, highly stressful environment already. So why wouldn't you do everything in your power to try to make it easier? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's so true. That's amazing, Naomi. It is. And there's still so much more that can always be done. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I'm like, we are, we are getting close on time, but I want you to tell the people where they can find you. Yes. Um, rooted vegan cuisine pretty much everywhere. So um, I am personally most active on Instagram, but you can find, uh, you can find rooted. It's at rooted vegan cuisine on Instagram at rooted vegan, vegan cuisine on Facebook, rooted vegan cuisine.com. Um, yeah. That's and you have stuff somewhere else, right? Oh, okay. You still so that's just to find us online. But if you want to buy our products, you can order through our website from San Antonio Local Deliveries. And then we are in two stores currently here in San Antonio. Yeah, the Reup Station. It's up near the airport, and then um, Wong's Bodega, which is in Southtown. Mm-hmm. And we'll be expanding out very soon. I, I have not a- know you were in a second location. <laughs> We will be expanding out very soon because I have a couple amazing fully vegan grocery stores. Literally, like, let us know when you get settled in your kitchen so we can start putting orders in. And this is across mm-hmm. Texas. Hey, yes. I love that. Yes. So, can we guys? Can we toast? Let's yeah. toast. Let's toast to all of that. I'm not doing the toast. I hope one of y'all have something you can. <laughs> Let's toast to people over profit. That's a good. Hey, one. Yeah. <laughs> 